You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let us burn one from end to end and pass it over to me. Hey, fuckos! <laughs> Happy 420, everybody! And I got a special, special episode for you guys. Uh, I thought, oh, why not be fitting uh, for the host of Archery Unfiltered to come on through and really grasp this holiday uh, by the by the lungs so yeah put the baby to bed got downstairs put all my podcasting shit together and i vaporized three big bags of weed i haven't smoked or uh, you know vaporized in uh months probably months i think the last bad like the last time i got high i had a bad trip i was in vegas and uh (laughs) <laughs> some lady i'm not gonna say who she was but someone gave me uh, a bag of edibles i don't know if i did I tell you guys the story someone gave me a bag of edibles and they're like just take one and i take one and i'm like what are they and they show me this bag and first it's not even weed it's the bag says delta eight which is like some fucking chinese synthetic weed right that they ship over here and then they just poison our brains with uh so it says Delta 8, and I'm like, all right. So it's this fucking crazy synthetic bullshit, but, you know, it's probably just, like, 10 milligrams. It's, like, just long enough to giggle over a movie. Uh, she moves her finger away from the bag, and it says 100 milligrams, and I'm like, I haven't done 100 milligrams of anything, man. <laughs> Except maybe Arby's, but I was like, oh, shit. And then my night just proceeded to get like... This was my last night in Vegas, mind you. You guys all know the adventure I had in Vegas. But the last night in Vegas was pretty much me like cowering. My buddy Jim was like making sure that, you know, I was going to jump out the window. He's taking care of me. But it was pretty much me cowering under the covers watching the Winter Winter Olympics. Trying to figure out what reality was through the, you know through the perception of snowboarders <laughs> it's really i i got so far out i got so bent out of, into space like i uh I, it was bad it was bad i, I didn't even know I, I still did archery at that point <laughs> it was just existing so that's the since then i swore off getting high i was like you know what one i don't want to be like that ever ever again two i'm pretty sure everyone <laughs> All my friends at the dinner table saw me just completely get too high. <laughs> so, that's embarrassing. 
And then three, I'm a dad, man. I'll be on this stuff now. Except on 420, mind you. So, pretty cool episode for you guys today. It is four. The date is 420-43 ABE. And if you guys don't remember what ABE means, it's after the birth of Bob Eiler. After the birth of Eiler. So it's been 43 years after the birth of Eiler on this 420. It is a magical day. So this is an episode I feel like I should have done years ago. Because it's, it's going to be two things. I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson about some archery legends. right? That's fun and positive. And then the other thing is going to be uh, some of my self-assigned homework for Reading um, and what I'm working on to get ready for Reading. So, oh, not to sidetrack. Oh, you guys are going to hear me sighing a lot because I have not been this relaxed in a long time. Man, I really wish I had a soda. <sighs> anyway, uh, um, where was I? Oh, something I want to tell you guys. So, yeah, um, I recorded that episode 13. This will be the last time. We're, we're moving on from there, right? We're, we're beyond that stuff now. But I just wanted to, you know, a couple people had asked me some stuff, and I just wanted to straighten things out. I took down episode 13 because it made people that I'm close to and people I care about feel bad. Like my closest friends, the people I ask to tell me, if, is this a good podcast or not? You know, you guys, if I've asked you, then you're, you're inside that circle, you know? Um, and these, all my close friends were like, this makes you look bad. Uh, you should leave it, take it down. Um, <laughs> leave it, take it down. You should take it down. And... On gut reaction, I just did it because I'm like, these people care about me. They want me to not look like a fool. Um, that only just so you like, it doesn't take much to make me feel triggered. <laughs> so it took one person being like, "Oh, you should call your show Archery Filtered." Bam! I was like, "Fuck you!" And then put that shit back up. And truly. I was going to just try to move on and, and not put it back up. But enough people were like, come on, man. I thought this show was, you know, you talking to us like no one else does about this shit that we do. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's one thing about this show that I never, I never wanted to be filtered. And so I might say stupid shit from time to time. I might say some stuff that doesn't make me look good. I might also do some episodes completely stoned. <laughs> Is that the thing to do? No, no, of course not. But you know what? We all make mistakes and we all grow together. Um. <laughs> you guys got to appreciate this is the only archery podcast, the only one on iTunes where a professional archer is getting lit <laughs> and then talking about archer to you for uh, 45 minutes or an hour this is the only one all right so this should go down the record books itunes should put this in its own section you know archery slash weed or archery slash <laughs> freedom i don't know all right guys 43 abe so in the spirit of 420 
I'm going to give you guys a, a history uh, lesson about two legends in our sport. All right. One of them I never knew about until recently. I had actually never heard of this guy before. And um, except in Vegas, I heard about him mentioned for the first time in Vegas this last year. All right. And maybe you guys have heard of him. All right, guys. Legend number one. Justin Hewish. I, I hit the pause button as I try to remember what this guy's name was. So I came back. I just realized that I may have jumped around, but <laughs> I just heard about this guy for the first time in Vegas. And I was like, okay, some kind of recurve dude looks like a hippie, right? And not that there's anything wrong with hippies, you know. I wear shorts all the time. Uh so Justin Hewish. I'm like, okay, some kind of hippie recurve dude. And so what? And they're like, oh, he went to the Olympics. It's like, okay, well, I thought he was like a barebow guy because they didn't really get into it. And I'm like, I didn't know Olympics. There was a barebow in the Olympics, but sure. I was like, why not? And then I was like, again, this guy really, who cares? And then they were like, they were saying he's actually an Olympic gold medalist. And then my eyebrow was like, what? And it was in freestyle recurve and i was like bah! all right so then i got holy shit like who's this guy and then i recognized him from a thing a long time ago uh of like early recurve legends and guys that went to like you know guys that whooped ass in the olympics and they had like really sick like one of like recurve bows and shit that were made by manufacturers we know like uh matthews and shit like that so why is justin hewish on today's episode, well, he got busted selling weed, and I think they booted him, you know, off the Olympic team. Or, like basically, his archery career kind of hit like a, a shitstorm for a minute because he got arrested. He had to do well, like six months in jail, uh, I think is what it was. Um, I mean, I think he got charged with like a felony. Uh, a felony charge of uh what you know possessing weed <laughs> whatever that is so when they went into his house they found here it is they they found an unloaded shotgun two scales and a safe containing twenty three thousand dollars in cash were also seized along with a briefcase holding <laughs> a briefcase holding several half ounce plastic bags of weed Pot seeds and apparent business cards. <laughs> you guys think Justin Hewish was handing out like his business card, like Olympic Archer, and then right on the bottom it says "pot dealer, <laughs> amateur pot dealer." <laughs> uh, so that amount of money, I was curious. I was like, man, twenty three thousand dollars in cash. Like what? This happened in like nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I can't remember. So I looked up what was twenty three thousand dollars worth of weed. Uh, was that or was it two thousand one? Oh shit! I am fucking this up. <laughs> I'm the worst historian. Hold on. Bam. Nineteen ninety six. Okay. So I looked up what was weed in nineteen ninety six. Well, it was like three fifty an ounce, depending on the quality, right? Well, it's three fifty an ounce. There's sixteen ounces in a pound. So a pound of weed is. $5,600 roughly, like six grand. So Hewish had about four pounds of weed 
worth of money <laughs> in that safe. So he's not like your little, your average crack or pot dealer. He is like your 20 grand pot dealer. That's like mid-level. That's mid-level pot dealer. Those are the guys that are selling weed to like Hunter Biden. You know, they're selling weed to Snoop Dogg sometimes. Like that's your, and I only reserve like the top level. Everyone's like middle level. What's well, top level? That's like El Chapo. You can't. You can't beat that unless, you know, your last name's Putin or something wacky, some wacky shit like that, you know? He's a mid-level pot dealer, which is decent, all right? 23 grand. My car's not even worth 23 grand. (laughs) So, that's Hewish. I saw him in Vegas. His, like, PR is making a comeback now. And I guess it only took, like, 10 years. Maybe he's been around, but in the past six years that I've been in the sport, I never even heard of the guy. You know, and I know recurve archers would be like, oh, you didn't know that guy. It's like, no, dude, no. I, the only recurve archers I know are the Koreans and I don't know any of their names. All right. So, <laughs> oh, man, that was crazy. Um, But it was cool to see. Hewish. I'm really hoping that guy brings like, ah, he probably won't. I'm going to say another. It'd be cool to see another like, hey, I smoke weed uh, and I can shoot a bow, you know, archer, but. You guys know how this sport is. It's kind of like you can't tell, you know, you got to cover up all your demons, right? You smoke weed, you can't talk about it, you know, or it's like, oh, you know, maybe you get crazy in a hotel room and shit in the bathtub. Can't tell anyone about it. It's got to be a secret, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. You guys know. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to this show for a reason, either for <laughs> for some funnies or uh you're actually thinking you're going to glean some kind of <laughs> performance information on this. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that was a... I really just smoked a Costco-sized amount of weed. <laughs> all right, on to the next one. Um, legend number two. We talk about him all the time on this show. The infamous Bob Eiler. Eiler, age 39, tested positive for propanolol. Now, I'm pretty sure propanolol is a beta blocker, right? But it's not what we know Bob for. And carboxy, tetrahydro, blah, 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 basically THC. The urinary metabolite of THC, the principal psychoactive constituent of marijuana and or hashish. Why do they still say hashish? Anyway, above the decision limit of 180 NG slash ML as a result of a urine sample collected in competition on February 11th, 2018 okay so i looked up what is 180 milligram or ml right he's above 180 100 means you smoked weed or you ate weed i think it's smoked weed you got high basically around seven days ago all right for the average person if you have a hundred uh whatever this figure is a hundred units right of uh weed in you that's what it means you smoked as recently as like a week before right he had above 180 right so you can probably work it back from there maybe two days before i don't know the the part the (laughs) the instruction thing i read never explained beyond the the 100 um so you know you can work it out there someone told me a story about what actually happened to bob and i'll share it in a minute and, you know, you take it 
however you want to believe it. It's just something from a person. You know, they're just saying stuff. Um, so let's see. Propanolol, in this article it says, Propanolol is a specified substance in the category of beta blockers. Oh, yeah, who called it? And prohibited at all times in the sport of shooting and archery. Is that true? Is it 100% prohibited at all times? I heard Real Wild was had to take some kind of beta blocker for like a condition he had. But uh, that's hearsay. You know, it's just something I heard. I'm not saying that's true. But, you know, it would be interesting if it, if all beta blockers were banned. Because I'm pretty sure some people have like a health condition that requires a beta blocker. Hence the, the need for the TUE, the therapeutic use exemption. So... Poor Bobby. He got uh, he got busted with the propanolol and the THC. They made a big deal about the THC, but I feel like that shouldn't be, you know, the THC is such a small part of that equation when you factor in the, unless he had the TUE. So maybe they're, my theory, all right, and I've said this a million times, is that Bob Eiler won that shit, right? That he had the TUE, uh, and they got wanted to pinch him on something, and they're like, "Bam! There's some weed in his system." Why? Because Bob Eiler was not one of the made people. If you go to Vegas, there's a ton of money, like on all those booths and stuff, pushing the faces in archery. Right? Who are the faces? Like Steve Anderson, he's a face. Linda Cho is a face. You know, Paige is a face. Cal uh, Douglas. Um, you know, you see all these people. You never see Bob Eiler. Well, not until now. But Bob Eiler was just a regular fucking dude. I mean, I know Bob, like, I, I've heard that Bob was ki- has killed it at ASA and all kinds of tournaments on the other side of the country, you know? But over here in the, in the West Coast, this is kind of like a bubble where you don't, you don't know all those stories. You don't know about all the stuff that goes on with ASA a lot, you know? Um, I mean, some people do. My buddy Austin does, but I sure as hell don't. So Bob Eiler represented this, like, common dude that beat, you know, the guys that everyone that has this, you know, all the commercial support, all the, you know, all the support from everything. Here comes a, a regular dude comes out, wins. Um, it was really kind of like a, a Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> and I know I should explain what that means, but you, you get the feel, right? I don't have to explain. Um, so yeah, John Everyman wins Vegas. Now, is that theory correct? Or is everything that way I feel about that story like I just told, is that correct? Maybe, maybe not. You know, you start to look at, like, the reality of things. Not everything's a fairy tale. Not everything is as, you know, conspiracy-minded as you think. Most shit is just, you know, what's the... What Occam's Razor is, like, the, the, the answer that is most likely, most likely is. So... What I had heard, all right, here's another Bob Eiler's innocent story, is that the week before, he was at a friend's house watching a football game, ate a little bit of a pot brownie. So that, you know, that kind of checks out, right? 180, though, you know, say it would be like two days before, but even two days before, it's not like he's pissing like... I'm stoned on the line. You know what I mean? I don't know what that figure would be, but, you know, if you just take the halves of everything, he'd have to be, he'd have to be like three or 400 units of whatever to be high on the line. So 
he probably wasn't high on the line. Um, <laughs> you know who's high on the line right now? <laughs> so anyway, you know how, you know, the NFAA called that one. They said, you know, Bob did illegal substances. Weed was in his system. Can't do that stuff. Bam. Uh, you know, no $52,000 check for you. So that's a major bummer. As you guys can see now, Bob Eiler's still fucking slaying it at indoor. And like come Vegas, he's making it to the shoot off. It, it's not even a question. So uh, as far as indoor shooters go, that dude's one of the best high or not high, you know, and he got popped for beta blockers this time around. So badass. Hey, maybe, maybe um, definitely a hero of mine. <laughs> All right, guys, that was your 420 special um, on Stoned Archers, Stoned Legends in the sport. Uh, who did you guys like more, the the Bob Eiler or the Justin Hewish? Hewish is, he's from California. So, I mean, he wasn't born in California, but he, I think he lives in California. So I'm kind of partial to uh, the dude dealing four pounds of weed, but Bob Eiler's compound shooter. So I'm going to have to go with. Bob Eiler. Bam. So this is what I got for you guys. Okay. I'm going to give you a rundown of what I'm doing to get ready for Reading right now. And I'm going to frame it in a context uh, here. So you kind of figure out where my direction is going. Um, you guys remember, if you guys listened to my earlier episodes, I talked about Lodi, right? And in Lodi, I was chasing windage. It didn't hurt my scoring at all right? But I was chasing windage and I felt like I had an advantage because the course, you know, starts close and then goes further out and then comes close again gradually. So you can kind of chase windage slowly. You can kind of perfect each sight mark as you go, right? Well, I went and shot this shoot last week called the Maya shoot, right? And since then, all right, so I'm trying to figure out why I was chasing windage. So I'm sorry, guys, I'm jumping around, still stoned. Um, I figured it was first or second axis. I checked my first and second, and the, I, I want to say second axis, first and second were off. Um, but you know, I had tuned my bow around that center shot. So if your first and second are out, you can, you know, you're gonna lose some kind of tune, but you can mask that problem if your center shot is going like crooked against your. Uh, if it's like what's the word not parallel but opposite of whatever your scope uh slant is your sight slant i should say <coughs> so i think i was masking a lot of problems you know with that another thing around that time because i haven't been getting getting out to the range at all you know i've been a homebody mostly i shoot a lot in my basement so one of the things i've been messing around with was um bear shaft tuning and you know in this process i moved my rest um moved my back bar i changed all kind of stuff and eventually ended up getting the bear shaft to hit on top of my fletched arrows and that for me is very abnormal if you guys ever see the way i shoot is with a very collapsed form right and when you shoot with a collapsed form your bear shafts almost always hit right they hit left if you have like way you know too pronounced form and um left to right bear shafts can also be an indicator that your draw length is too long or too short all right any of those things 
Um, if your journal length is right on, then it's one of a million possible things. It could be a form flaw, right? So I bear shaft tuning. A lot of people don't like to do it because it's like, oh, well, I'm not about to go fix everything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, they just don't want to know, right? As much as I make fun of him, Greg Poole had a really good thing that he said on his uh, YouTube channels where he said, you know, I think he said something about his bear shafts hitting way out. He's like, what's important is you take note of where that bear shaft landed, and that becomes a reference point. So if something moves in the field, you can shoot a bear shaft and see, you know, that bear shaft's going to tell you. It, you know, if it's way low, you know, you know, rest is out, timing move, something some weird, you know? So... <laughs> I've been, you know, I achieved this bear shaft when normally I get a right bear shaft, like a high right bear shaft. Not knowing that what I actually did was put a really hard um, right right tear into my bow. And what that caused was where my bear shaft would be to the right to land middle. And then my arrow to land middle at 20 yards or 30 yards, right? And where you see that be a problem is when you get further out to like 60 or 80 yards, that that tail out is going to pull your arrow to the left, right? It's it's very interesting if you think about a, like a a right tear, right? It's where the your veins are to the right of the point. If you can picture an arrow flying right sideways like that away from you, once it starts spinning where is that point going to start to settle? It's going to start to settle left of the target. So you start to, you know, I started seeing a pattern where I was like, holy shit, like I actually did some stupid stuff here to my bow. Wasn't thinking because I don't go to the range enough. Um, this is just one of those things. When I was shooting like every single day, I was on top of my gear. Or it was like, if a, mar a mouse farted near my bow, I, I could tell, you know what I mean? And then I could just fix it. Um, but because I'm not out at the range a lot, I'm not getting this ability to diagnose. I'm doing a lot of my diagnostics at like 20 or 18 yards or 15 yards or three yards. And that's just way too close to be able to make sure your bow's good for field. I, I think it's fine for indoor, but for field, you really got to go outside. So um, I was really spinning my wheels trying to figure out what was wrong. Um, and then, uh, my buddy, Tom, uh, you guys know him, the string guru, Tom Parkinson, right? I, I messaged him like, Hey, what do you think this is? Granted now I've been shooting for like six years now, but I'm like, either I just don't have it in me to solve this or, or I don't know what, but I asked Tom and he goes, well, he's like, why don't you shoot it through paper? And, and I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> of course, shoot it through paper, man. That's what we always used to do. Is your bow acting funny? Shoot it. It's what I tell you guys. When you guys ask me questions, hey, my bow's doing this. First thing I say is shoot it through paper, right? So I shoot this thing through paper and I get a fucking right tear. There it is. There's the answer. Um, I set, He tells me, set your arrow S to 13 sixteenths. It's factory spec. And then top hat to a bullet hole. And I was going to tell him, like, dude, I've already done all this. For me, I always got a top hat all the way over to the left, and then my arrow rest is going to be slammed to the right somehow. And he was like, just just do it. Just set it for 13 sixteenths and top hat. And sure enough, I did it, and guess what? I am not a left top hat at all. I left top hat for indoors, and I think I left top hatted like, 
years ago on the Gen 1 bow. Now I'm top heading more towards the middle. Or my form has changed. Who knows? Because I'm getting old, you know? Um, so now my top head is the one in the middle as opposed to all the way to the left. I'm like, holy shit. Does this mean I could shoot a Hoyt? Uh, I don't know. But um, now I have the bow, you know, I top head the bow properly. I, you know, check first and second axis, made sure that was right. Did it from the string because that's the pimp way to do it. And, uh, and then I took the bow out and man, it like Tom called it. And I did the thing that Doug and the, you know, um, Mark suggested about your center shot, which is you shoot at three yards then you step back to 55, nine yards or 55 yards or whatever your nine yard mark is. Guess what? Mine is uh 60, like right on the dot. So I can shoot 90 and walk back to 60 and not move my sight at all. You bump your rest just a little bit at 60 and then go back to nine yards or three yards. I'm sorry. And verify. Shouldn't have to hit your sight at all. Right. Just boom, shoot, step back, boom, adjust, step forward, boom, verify. Freaking cool. The shit works. So my bow is, it's ready. It's right there. I just got to take it out. Um, a couple more times, like it's, you know, it's my indoor bow. It's just been converted to outdoor. So the feel of it and everything is, I'm really comfortable with it. Very happy with this bow, by the way. So what am I doing right now? Okay. Some of you guys are going to be lucky enough to shoot Fresno, not this weekend, but next weekend, right? The Fresno Safari. That's going to be the third outlaw. Um, those of you that are shooting that, soak it up because it's a week from Reading. So you're going to be fresh going into Reading. You're going to have like, you know, at least uh, 70 spots in your mind that you've already run through. <clears throat> you won't be taken by surprise in Reading. For me, this weekend is the ultimate shoot. This, but put on by Sonoma County, Sonoma County Bowman, Sonoma Bowman. And uh, I'm definitely going to hit that up. It's an orange spot, 28 target, three arrow, uh, safari round. I'm going to put my bow to the test, right? So, <laughs> along with all that junk that I screwed up on my bow, it seems as though when I'm punching my sight marks into Archer's Mark, which is my preferred, you know, uh, sight mark thing at the moment, my short marks are always way out. So I made a list of the short marks in Reading that we're going to have to know. And I'm just getting these yardages manually. I'm just finding the number. And what's cool about Archer's Mark, you could punch in a number. And when it says, like, shot in mark, you can leave it to say no. And then hit enter. And it will just make a, a note to the side of that mark that says, this is what you shot that for. Right, so I found out my three yard was off onwards, so I just ended up shooting my own marks in. I made a list of all the t of all the yardages that you're going to need, right? That you're going to need to know. Um, three. It's not so we're going to have a three yard target in Reading, right? We're also going to have a four yard target, and those are different. Those will be different numbers. So you guys it might not be a lot. It might just be like one or two clicks actually, but. Um, there's your homework right there. 
there's a freebie three and four yards if you have the sight mark that's 44 points right there that you got if you know that sight mark two targets that you you will ace for sure all right next is uh eight yards nine yards uh eight and nine okay so these are under 10 yards your rangefinder will pick them up you know i think most of them are like five yard minimums right these two i also had to shoot in and if you don't have to shoot them in or your your short marks are good then right on you know i would still verify and and not just trust but let's see 11 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 so basically <laughs> 11 and then 13 through 20 those yardages you need there's going to be a target at every one of them um uh, let's see man am i just droning on is this <laughs> it's just me being stoned sounding like craziness um we're gonna have a bulk of our the bulk of our shooting is gonna be like 30 and 40 yards uh 101 there's another gimme <laughs> The only 80-yard target is going to be the 88-yard elk. All right? So there's another gimme. There's no 90-yard targets. Um, man, I hope I'm not right. If I'm wrong on any of these, you guys correct me. But I'm pretty sure I'm right here. I took this list right off of the uh, the website. You have three targets in the 50 yards, which will be 50, 57, 59. So, I mean... <sighs> You guys know how you're going to set up your, your sight marks, but I'm going to do 20 to 60. I want to be real accurate for sure. Well, you want to be real accurate on everything. But for my 101, I'm going to punch that in manually, okay? And then I'm going to use the, um, on Archer's Mark, you can correct like three or four marks, I think. So I'm going to do, uh, I'll do like 20 to 60 or 20 to 55, and then do a correction mark at like 70 and then one at 80. And then let those like repopulate. Or I just might shoot in for something like 88. It's being the only 80 yard target. I might just shoot that one in myself and then just put a little tag note to the side. 88 yards is this this site, uh, you know, this site mark. So, you know, there's my plan. For me, I'm going to shoot an event. I'm going to try to get some practice and just verify marks. At this point... You know, those of you guys that aren't shooting in Fresno, you should just be trying to verify marks. And if you guys are in Fresno, be on your be on your game, okay? So if you shoot a shot and it was a good shot, you broke it in the middle and it didn't land in, find out why. And if you got to punch new marks in, punch new marks in. All right? So this is going to be a short episode uh, because I'm really stoned and I'm afraid that I'm going to just drone on and on. <laughs> and this won't be funny anymore. All right, guys. So uh, thank you for listening. As always, this episode is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. Cerakote your bow. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I haven't taken very many pictures, but he Cerakoted my uh, my 38 Battleship Gray, and it looks so damn cool. That bow, you know, paired with, like, the electric blue... Uh, serving on the strings 452x white you know or natural you know <clears throat> this bow looks really damn cool and i'm really excited to shoot it 
It's so <laughs> the, thing, the feeling that comes over you when you get a new bow, right? Is like the bow feels lighter than <laughs> you're like, oh my god, this thing's even better than the one I already have. Uh, but you know, it's just a thirty-eight. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Darren did an awesome job. That bow looks amazing. I'm so excited to shoot it. I'll probably my plan is to set that bow for indoor, and then instead of going to the range all the time practicing in here for outdoor. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the years I've shot the best outside are the years that I shot the most inside also. So I think there's something to, uh, I think there's something to it. <coughs> Carbon craft stabilizers. They are the dampest, stiffest bar around priced at a, uh, a price that a working man like a working class dude can uh, afford. Um, you guys know I have like a set of bars that are my demo bars. And if you ever want to try them, just tap me on the shoulder and say please. They're a ton of fun. And uh, the bars speak for themselves. It's really like I do this <clears throat> I do this little carbon craft spiel every episode because my buddy um, who owns the company, I have my other buddy who operates it both take care of me <laughs> very well and uh they're good guys and they make a good product so that's why i share it i share it out of respect for them so if you guys ever want to try them i don't have to do the this whole spiel about like how you know they're stiffer or they're lighter or they're damper which they are they're all those things than whatever bar you're shooting um but i can you know i can let you try it you can try it you feel it for yourself and you could be like damn wendell that's amazing now, whether or not these bars make you a better shooter, <laughs> that's on you, okay? All right, guys. Happy 420, everybody. Go hug your pot dealer, all right?